Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. That was a lot, and so are we. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to a new season of Market Sarah Talk About Songs. I'm your co host, Sarah D. Bunting, sometimes known as Sarah. And I have a question, Mark, for my co-host, Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Hey! Yes, in case you were uh, taken aback by that new theme song, why, it's a theme song that Sarah put together that features songs in which artists say sing the names Mark and Sarah, which is awfully appropriate, don't you think? I, I do think. Why might that be? Well... I'm so glad you asked. Uh, the name of this season is First Name Basis, and we're going to be talking about songs that feature names, but we're also ranking them. How is that going to work? Well, what we're looking for, and look, we don't know how our Patreon supporters have voted in their hearts, if they just voted for whether a song was good or whether it was an earwig for people who share the name in the song. But what we're looking for is the most iconic name song that is iconic for that name. This will make more sense as we go through the season and we talk about our rationale for voting for or not voting for things. But obviously, Starship's Sarah, spelled um, not the way I spell it, it has been a... Um, What's the word I want? Horror for me for over three decades. And, a stalking uh, wraith, if you will. Yeah, it's um, it's just it, there is no escaping it. Um, but it is extremely iconic, and I think that it is iconic because, in no small part, because it has been sung to so many Gen X people named Sarah, because there's a bunch of us uh we will be talking about 40 songs we will be ranking those songs we have a an extremely scientific process that once it is completed does carry the force of law mark could you talk a little bit more about the numbers game when it comes to first name basis i certainly can before we started this season we did a background poll with our patreon patrons in which we asked them to vote from a group of over 120 songs for the ones that they thought most deserved to be in the final 40. And the top 40 vote-getters are the ones that we will be discussing this season. So in some ways, the scoring has already begun. But if you're not yet a patron and you would like to be voting in all the rounds going forward, well, we say, come on, boo, patreon.com slash mastus. Now, for our top 40, we're going to be breaking those down into four episodes of 10 songs each. And in these first four episodes, we are only going to be doing up and down voting. In other words, which five songs do I think should move forward? Which five songs does Sarah think should move forward? And which five songs do the patrons think should move forward from each group of 10? If I think a song should be in the top five, it will get two points. If I don't think a song should get in the top five, it will get zero points. So the maximum number of points that any song can get in this round is six. At the end of the episode, the five songs with the most points will move on to the top 20 round, which we'll talk about later when we actually get there. 
yeah, there's much more to this story. We have been uh, gestating this idea and figuring out how to get our arms around it logistically when there's like 17 songs just with Mary in the title. <laughs> um, yep. So you can you can uh, dig into all that if you join us uh, at patreon.com slash mastass. And we're also on the various socials. Just search for mastass or Mark and Sarah talk about songs and you'll find us. Welcome. Another couple of logistical notes. In the middle of the season, we will be talking about multi-name songs. So like Mambo Number no. 5, Jack and Diane. It didn't feel like they should be a part of the main season. So we put them in their own ranking episode. You'll be hearing that in about a month. Uh, and Patreon supporters also can already hear uh, the single that we did about um, some songs that didn't make the cut, including a Steve Winwood song that we both loathed, a Ben Fold song that we both really liked. Uh, so again, patreon.com slash mastass. One more programming note for the next couple of episodes. I am literally surrounded on all sides in my home studio today by very noisy, peepy, drilly construction. I apologize. I will try to mitigate that when I do the edit, but... Bear with us. It's going to be okay. Anything else before we get started? No, I think it's time to dive in. Oh, wait. There is one more thing. I strongly feel that we should submit predictions for which song is going to take everything and submit our husband's predictions as well, because Mr. Dan Brady submitted one very forcefully this morning. Okay. Well, you know what? I like it. Uh I am looking at the list of all 40 songs and I'm going to make the bold prediction that our ultimate winner is going to be Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. I agree. Oh, shit. I agree. So interestingly, our husband's predictions are adjacent, but they're not the same, I think. Didn't Andrew didn't Andrew say very forcefully and then just like mic drop and he's not going to check back in that it's going to be Rosanna by Toto? Yes. And I think it was more like Andrew doesn't care what the vote says for him. The winner is Rosanna. <laughs> so what's the point? <laughs> he's like, the winner is Rosanna. Goodbye. <laughs> Andrew has spoken. Um, well, Mr. Dan Brady said it's going to be Roxanne by the police. I oh, yeah. I think these are both totally valid. All right. Now, without further ado, we can get into it. But before we start, I'd like Mark to read the list of the 10 songs that we're talking about today. Okay, here are the songs in alphabetical order with the number-based song coming first. First, it's 8675309 slash Jenny by Tommy Two-Tone. Then it's Allison by Elvis Costello, Barbara Ann by The Beach Boys, Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes, Brandy You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass, Cecilia by Simon and Garfunkel, Come On Eileen by Dexie's Midnight Runners, Daniel by Elton John, Elvira by mm-hmm. the Oak Ridge Boys. It's actually illegal just to say that and not sing it. Yeah, and it is. It's true. Finally, Gloria by Laura Branigan. Oh, shit. Okay, um, we've been talking for a while. Let's talk about a song, and let's hear a song. Let's hear a clip. We do have one from 8675309. Here's Tommy Two-Tone. I know you think I'm like the others before. 
like this song? Hell yes, I like this song. Okay. I, I mean, <laughs> this, this is going to be such a fucking ongoing problem, separating whether or not I like the song from whether or not I think it fits the brief. Um, and prepping this song for today, first of all, I don't think I ever realized how weird and kind of not quite spoken word, but just like not really trying any song craft this vocal is, <laughs> which it's fine. It's not bad. Just it's very 80s. Like, I'm not actually a singer, but here we all are. Yeah, but I've got a band, so let's do it. Yeah. Um, I just really like, I like the story. I sort of like that he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not that guy. And I'm not trying to slut shame you. I like, I actually just want to hang out and hear what it's been like for you to have your phone number on this phone booth. Kids ask your grandparents. Um, With that said, if I meet a Jenny or a Jennifer, this is not my default. I go to De La Soul, not this. I think we remember the number more than we remember the name. Again, not a Jenny. Your mileage may vary and probably does. Um, is the number the part we actually remember? Is this song still around because of that super hooky guitar riff? Possibly. This was close to the bottom for me. I no voted it. What did you do? Okay. I also feel that what we remember is the number. Mm. Absolutely. If if my phone number were 8675309, people would ask me where Jenny was. Yes. Yep. Yep, yep. And there were there were in the 80s, there were every 6 months I feel like local news stories about people who had this phone number that got that crank call. <laughs> I feel like yes. as late as 1992, you were still seeing news stories about that. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um and so I can I agree with you that with regard to our purposes here this season, this is not going to get a pass from me. But I do want to note a couple of things about Tommy Two-Tone, since who knows when we'll get the chance to revisit this conversation. Mm. Uh, Important fun fact, Tommy Two-Tone is not the name of a person. It is the name of a band. It is the band. It's one of those things that you can use to impress your friends with your pedantry, with your Mm -hmm. pedantry. So please feel free to take that knowledge out and strike it. Um, Tommy Two-Tone is one of those pure one-hit wonders that when you go to Spotify, of their 10 most streamed songs, five of them are versions of this song. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then there's a sixth song that is the Santa version of this song. It's called Santa Jenny, 8675309. And what I will say, Sarah... (laughs) I have an incredible amount of respect for Santa Jenny, which Andrew and I listened to in this most recent Christmas season because they were like, we've got one thing. Let's fucking ride this train. Yeah. And they made a light rewrite. I mean, a barely trying rewrite of like, Jenny, are you with Santa? Like, <laughs> I need to go to the North Pole. This doesn't scan, but who cares? So if you want to treat yourself, just look up Santa Jenny 8675309 and just be amazed at their willingness to just lean into what they are. That being said, it is a no from me, but the patrons, Sarah, gave it a yes. Mm, Okay, so that's two points. That's two points for Tommy Two-Tone. I will also note before we move on to... Allison, that uh, my brother and I, like 15 years ago, tried and almost did it. 
tried to start the rumor at Kingkiller Studios, where we were both um, working at that time, that it was actually pronounced Tommy Tut One. <laughs> um, my brother, a better actor than I am, almost sold this concept and enlisted a couple of the clients to uh, to go along with it. Um, I eventually broke and was like, no, it's two-tone. But I, I, I appreciate the moxie and the effort. Yeah. All right. We don't have a clip for Allison by Elvis Costello, but when I look at the list, I, I do feel like this is going to hang around and probably be in the top 10 or very close to it. Um, I, I do think of this song when I meet an Allison. Um, I, I just don't, I mean, I also don't really care for Elvis Costello. I feel like this narrator is a slut shaming cock, but, um, the song is iconic. It still gets played. There's a bunch of reasons I don't connect with it, but I think for what we're doing in this season, it is like right in the middle of the lane going exactly the speed limit. So this is a yes from me. Well, this is where we get into some interesting things with this season, Sarah, (laughs) because I don't remember ever hearing this song before until this week when I was preparing this episode. Hmm. And this is going to be one of the themes that we have to wrestle with in this process, which is just what kind of life did you live? What kind of music were you exposed to? How Where old in the country you? did you grow up? Like these things were you are going to, to rock. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because more than any other season that we've ever done that has this basic format, this is so much about subjective experience. Yes. But I think that's actually really interesting. So yep. to me, here is the one way that Elvis Costello ever made it into my consciousness as, as I was growing up, there is a scene in the movie, uh, just one of the guys. Or maybe it's one of the guys. It was always oh, yes. on HBO. Cindy this, Looper. Oh, sure. Right. Yes. It's about a teenage girl who dresses like a boy so that she can be on the staff of the school newspaper, which for some reason doesn't accept girls. I, I, I don't know. But when she, I think when they're trying to give her like, why don't you cover cheerleading tryouts? And she's like, fuck you. I'm Andrea Zuckerman. But yeah. right. Exactly. So she's dressed like a boy so that she can get the the plum job at the school paper. And there are some girls who are looking at her dressed as a him from across the cafeteria. And they go, dresses like Elvis Costello, looks like the karate kid. He's totally my type. And I was like, who is Elvis Costello? <laughs> yeah. And does, does he? Like, I, that doesn't read... Elvis Costello to me. Well, the funny, that movie too, because it was on HBO all the time, you might have thought that that movie was a success, but it wasn't. It was a big flop that was just on HBO all the time. Like, who's that girl? The Madonna movie. Mm -hmm. Another good example of this phenomenon. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Anyway, Elvis Costello also had a song, a remake of What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding on the Bodyguard soundtrack, so I knew that. Mm-hmm. But really, otherwise, Elvis Costello only exists for me through the lens of this podcast, because many years ago at this point, we had a guest on the show who brought in an Elvis Costello song. Oh, yeah. Watching the detectives. That's right. Oh, poor Kevin Flynn. And then I very enthusiastically was like, you know what's brilliant about this Duran Duran cover of the song? And he was like, 
nothing. <laughs> Crickets. And I was like, well, thanks for coming by. Kevin um, Flynn is great. Uh, these are their stories. The Law and Order podcast of which he's he is an excellent host, podcast is brilliant. We love him. So long story long, Allison by me, Allison by Elvis Costello for me has no purchase whatsoever and is not going through. Okay. And that being said, I do like the song. I was happy to have heard it a couple of times, um, but it's also didn't really quite stick with me. So whatever. The patrons put it in sixth place, which means it is not going through for them either. Wow. I I mean, this is the weird thing, too. Like, he shows up again in episode yes, he does. four. And that is, like, that's the Elvis Costello song I think I like the most of his entire oeuvre. And it's not this. So, yeah, there's there's a lot going on in this season. Currents, cross-currents, subcurrents. It's a lot. <laughs> By the way, I look forward to hearing that Elvis Costello song for the first time uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone named Veronica is like, oh, good luck. Anyway, shall we move on then to Barbara Ann? Ba, ba, ba. But now here's one of the, did you, do we have a clip of this? We do. Would you okay. like to hear it? Yes, I would love to hear it. Great. Here it comes. Oh, I love it so much, Sarah. One of the things I love about this song is they just sound like they're having the best drunken night ever. I, and this is not the only song in this season where there's this like we recorded this at a house party and everyone is just drunk enough to not give a shit but not so drunk that they can't pull it together and make a banger um i I don't know why that is with these songs um uh, i i tried i tried to keep this in my top half um this my mother was named barbara ann still is um, not in a position to vote on this season any longer, alas. Hey, Mom. But we heard this song, like, multiple times a summer because it's on the American Graffiti soundtrack. Not this version, but the version by the Regents, which is, like, very somber. Um, so we heard it all the time. My mother was not a fan, for obvious reasons, to which I could strongly relate. But my brother, when he was very little, misheard it as Bomberang Bang. So... <laughs> It would come on the Cars cassette deck, Ask Your Great Grandparents, and there was that first bass, like, ba, 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 and then the whole family would come in with ba, 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 barang, bang, and just be, like, bugging out, laughing hysterically on, like, I-95 in Rhode Island somewhere. Every other car on the road is like, what? What are they doing? <laughs> I'll have what she's having. Like, it, this song is fun. And it's family fun, and it's strongly associated with the many times that my mother was like, this is annoying, but also hilarious. <laughs> and yet, I didn't I didn't upvote it. I, I wanted it to stick around. I tried. It's such a fun song. They're having so much fun. But it. I didn't vote it through. What happened with you? 
Well, I before we get to that, I must say one of the things I love about this song, other than the drunken enthusiasm, is the way that they never quite say Barbara. There's it's like Baba, Barber, Barbara, <laughs> I just, Bomber. Like, yep. who knows what the fuck they're saying? I mean, we know what they're saying, but we also don't know what they're, they're saying. And I think that's pretty fun. I also do want to note that this song reached number two in 1966. And to go back one, two songs, um, Jenny, A675309 reached number four. You know, I love a chart fact. I do. So this number two hit for me is an all time hit. And if I ever meet a Barbara, you'd better damn well believe I sing this. Uh, I still feel like I should apologize to a friend of mine from college named Barbara Cole because <laughs> it scans perfectly. So of course I was always like, Bob, 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 Barbara Cole. And she was like, yes, motherfucker. I've heard it before. <laughs> oh, so even though the patrons agree with you, Sarah, and they did not put it through, I, the cheese shall stand alone because I did put it through. Huh? All right. Well, so in our first three songs, you picked one, the patrons picked one, and I picked one, but none of us agreed with each other. Is this, <laughs> so three is this twos in already a row. getting ugly and crazy and advanced mathy. It's three songs in. Why do we do this to ourselves? Calculus. Why? Let's see what happens with our next song, which we have talked about a number of times. Um, most recently in the record of the year showdown season. That's Kim Carnes's Betty Davis Eyes. I feel like I had an avant-garde approach to this, so I pulled a clip because I didn't feel like it was going to get through, and let's just hear a clip of this song that, for some reason, is gaining in my esteem every time I hear it, and I have already loved it for like 40 years and roller skated to it when Reagan was president, and yet the love continues to grow. Let's hear a clip. like you were dice that's so good so good um i mean how many people are named betty in our lives except on tv shows like riverdale and Mad Men? not that many but anytime anyone references betty davis you better fucking believe i start humming this my late mother's late best friend tracy davis a, another fine human being we would sing this to her all the time like Half her family had names that scanned, so her sons got sucked into it also. Sorry, guys. It it works. It works for the brief. Um, maybe not broadly, but in the very narrow definition, I feel that it works. But I, I really had to sit with like, do I just want to sit and think about this song some more, which the build of which I have such respect for, and I'm just like, you know, chair popping my my butt right now. I I mean, I don't know the answer. I don't know if I've done the right thing. But the thing I did do is vote it through. 
Well, I hope you like songs that get two points because now we have four in a row. <laughs> I knew it. Amazing. Now, for me, because this, first of all, my grandmother's name was Betty. Uh-huh. My beloved, I mean, I just loved her so much. Betty, but she put an E on the end of it because she felt that it wasn't elegant enough to be B-E-T-T-Y. I so have she, an ex-boyfriend whose mother did that. And I just always thought that was a baller move. Like, Bet- way to yeah. go. <laughs> like, go, okay. <laughs> Betty Bet- Jo yeah. Walker Eves, we respect and honor you. I'm actually looking oh, yeah. at a photo of her right now. Anyway, uh, but for me, this song is so much about Betty Davis that it is not iconic for the name Betty, but it okay. is iconic for the actress Betty Davis. And right. so for me... Agreed. That meant it wasn't going to go through, although I love the song. And interestingly, it is one of two number one hits to mention Betty Davis because Vogue also mentions uh-huh. Betty Davis. Oh, yeah. I guess we should have put that in our multi-names episode. Oh, well, it's well, also possible yeah. that... We never that, pay any attention to Madonna. That's really an oversight yeah. on our part. Why, ha- why do we have such a blind spot for Madonna? We definitely <laughs> don't have an entire Madonna season coming at the end of this summer. We definitely don't. No, fully don't. For all I know, Billy Joel mentions Betty Davis and We Didn't Start the Fire as well, but I can't remember. Anyway, th- I'm really glad that you played the song. I do love the song. I agree with you that it's actually getting better with age. Um, that said, neither the patrons nor I put it through. So here we are with a sweet twosie for Betty Davis eyes. Mm. Well, that brings us to the fifth song that we're contemplating today. Brandy, parens, you're a fine girl, and parens, by Looking Glass. Um... I feel like we spend more time talking about Looking Glass than Looking Glass. I know. (laughs) They're also mentioned in the patrons-only single, ladies and gents. So Mm -hmm. if you're a patron, run over there and listen to it right now. Um, Yeah, we've uh, and we've talked about them. I think they had their own dedicated episode a few years ago. Um, This is a classic, um, but it just missed the cut for me in this group just missed the cut like for my own purposes slash the shreds of my sanity um i num i rank these numerically even in these rounds where it's just an up or down vote um so this just missed the cut it was my number six um but i have a feeling this will be our finally first four pointer am i right nope it's a number two again because the patrons gave it two gave it two points, they waved it through. But here's the thing for me: like Stairway to Heaven, which we dealt with this issue many years ago on this podcast. <laughs> I cannot remember how this song goes, no matter how many times I listen to it. Like in the moment of listening to Brandy (parentheses You're a Fine Girl), I'm always happy. I actually do like it, but I I cannot recall a single note of it for you right now and i listened to it today and uh i cannot possibly vote for a song that i cannot retain because i'm not going to sing that to somebody i can't even sing it to my damn self yeah i this is where i started to actually um at least in my notes and prep process where i started to actually be able to identify and name the feelings of "Eh?" that were just like not (laughs) They did not have words attached to them, but it was here that I was like, I'm not sure that this is iconic because of the name. I'm like, can I 
describe to you her braided chain and where it came from? Sure can. Um, can I tell you all about her boyfriend's excuses that like he obviously has a girl in every port, but Brandy's like, oh, his home is the sea. And like everybody else in the bar is like, girl, get a grip. <laughs> like I have a whole fanfic about Brandy apparently, but and yet I don't think that the iconicity proceeds entirely from the name or enough from the name. So, but Agreed. Uh, guys, can we, can we not with the twos? Cause we, they well, can't all go through. My guess is that the next song is going to get, well, I know for a fact that the next song gets more than two points. Cause I've got the patrons votes and my votes right in front of me. So I'll just go ahead and break the ice and say, Cecilia by Simon and Garfunkel is getting a minimum of four points because the patrons put it through and so did I. And for me, this is actually one of the perfect examples of what we're talking about in this season because I know just enough Cecilia's to know for a fact that I sing this song to them. Mm, but there aren't okay. so many Cecilia's in the world that there are like tons of Cecilia songs. And I think that this is a sweet spot where one incredibly catchy, iconic sounding hit becomes affixed forever to a familiar name that's just rare enough that you don't meet people all the time. So the it's like unusual enough that people are like, oh, like the song. Because I think that mm-hmm. for many people, that actually might be the reference point to the name Cecilia. So when you finally right. meet a Cecilia, you're like, oh, like the song. That is why, for me, it was an easy pass through. I have a friend named Cecilia. Her last name starts with a T. I don't want to like you know, put her business on front street, but Cecilia T once texted me because I asked her idly, have you been chased by this song for your whole life? And she said, chased, pounced and wounded. (laughs) Those Mm. were the three words that she said in return. And I think, I mean, I get that, but also Cecilia, which also hit number four, Brandy, you're a fine girl and Betty Davis eyes, number one hits Cecilia, a number four hit. It's a great effing song, which we've talked about in our bridge over troubled water album ranking episode. Yeah. And again, for me, Sarah, absolutely fitting the brief. Patrons agree. Minimum four points. Um, That's all it's getting. This was dead last for me in this group. I don't think it's iconic because of the name. Um, With that said, use cases are so important to this. So like this first round, I think, is really going to sort of settle out like how many people have firsthand experience with the use case of these songs. Right. And. And then we're really going to have to get into some like <laughs> some rarefied air in terms of the in terms of a, like, you know, the dramaturgy, the ideology, um, a bunch of G's. Um, yeah, I mean, my feelings about this song, Qua Song, are well known. Um, it remains a banger. I listened to it twice, even though, of course, I don't have to. Uh, it's it was my favorite song ages two through ten. I think, um, even though you almost never heard it on the radio, um, it's, you know, it's great. It's joy to me for Cecilia's. I imagine it's not, but I, it is not iconic to me because of the name. So I didn't pass it through, but I am thrilled that if any song had to break the four point barrier first, that it was this one. I love it. I'm happy to contemplate it some more in the next round. Uh, excellent. That brings us next to the number one single and only hit for Dexy's Midnight Runners, Come On Eileen. And I'd like to point out, this is one of the songs that earned me money when I was on Name That Tune. 
Mm. Um, I'm a little surprised no one predicted this to win. It could be because it is on the song level, um, not terribly enjoyable to me, and I'm not even named Eileen. Um, but this was my number one of this group, actually. So pretty, pretty sure we're waving this through. But what did you and the what did you and the listeners do? Well, it's finally happened. We have a straight six. Everyone oh. agrees. Yep. This song is if you know an Eileen, you're going to sing "Come on Eileen." Like it's, I think again, it's it's like the Cecilia thing. There aren't yeah. that many Eileens, but there are enough Eileens that this song is gonna. You're gonna be like Eileen. Oh, like the song. That's that's again a thing I just kept coming back to because, like, there are just so many people in the world named Mary that it's hard to be like, oh, like the song, because there are so many Mary right. songs too. Yeah, but. There aren't that many Eileen's and there's really only one famous song about an Eileen. And here we are, I feel. So well, one of my Eileen... criteria for this is can you slash do you hack it to other names that either rhyme or scan with it? Colleen, Maureen, uh, I like I do it. I I'm not proud of it, but I do it. So that counts and also this is absolutely like is this iconic because of the song is it a one-hit wonder because of the song i can't really say but this is absolutely everybody's if not first then in the top five thoughts when you tell them this concept you know it's so interesting to me that for you you are saying if this song is so associated with the concept of a name that I will insert other names into it. That's a Mm -hmm. really interesting criteria that I actually hadn't thought about, but that I'm open to. Yeah. I mean, this is just how the sort, this was like the family language of song in my house was adapting songs and um, sometimes weaponizing them like soldier boy, which we won't talk about because that's not anybody's name. Thank God. Well, this was reminding me when I was in college, also with the aforementioned Barbara Cole, I knew a woman named Marini O. Jackson. Uh-huh. And I sang Marini O. Jackson. Ooh, I am for real, which is outcasts. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I would just be like Marini O. Jackson. So I, too, have a long history of singing people's names. Uh, so I can relate to you on that score. Absolutely. Yeah. And. I mean, will this change anyone's voting going forward? I doubt it. I'm just telling you, sometimes when I come up against a song that I'm like, I'm not exactly sure what to do with this. These are these are among the criteria. Um, I have a... Well, actually, I don't know what's going to happen with our next song. We don't have a clip. It's Daniel by Sir Elton John. Um, I try to avoid this song. The... Um, the instrumentation and the arrangement uh, I find insufferably treacly. Uh, and I'm tired of people singing it to my husband whose given name on his birth certificate is just Dan. Huh. Interesting. Okay? So it's not Daniel. Also, nobody calls him Danny either. So can we not <laughs> with the Danny boy, which is a song that I love, but oh my God, Dan's are so sick of it. Anyway, um, This lyric is actually, when I was listening to it, I was like, all right, I'm doing this once for the podcast because I'm a professional. This, this lyric is actually very, um, daringly direct. 
Um, but I still don't care for the song. With that said, I, th- I think Dan's and Daniel's have got to hear this all the time. So I voted yes. Well, I agree with you about its iconicity, but I disagree with you about its value as a song because it's one of my favorite Elton John songs, truly. Huh. And you and I shall settle this uh, with 50 paces and two wet noodles at dawn. Oh, I was going to say two cocktails. Oh, even better, honestly. Whew, okay, Unless a great. wet noodle is up. a kind of cocktail. Um, it could be, you know, honestly, these kids today, they're putting <laughs> candy in cocktails, popcorn, I don't know. Yeah, why uh, not? What is this? Why did you put a sneaker in my cocktail? It's a <laughs> running man. Uh, shut up. <laughs> oh, a fusilli teeny. How <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, a Pepto-Bismotini. Oh. Delicious. I guess. Um, So I love this song. I think it's beautiful. I think that the story is quite moving. I really like that it's a song of regret about a sibling. I just, I don't know. I just think that there's a wistfulness to it that I love. And, you know, Elton John in the 70s especially was giving you wistfulness. Uh, Mm -hmm. Your song, wistful. Levon, wistful. I don't like those either. (laughs) So one of the things we've uncovered today is... Sarah doesn't care for 70s era wistful Elton John. <laughs> well, wistful, yeah, but then like when he tips over into like actively grieving. Like this this brand of wistful Elton John which is just standing a little too close to you with Chardonnay breath, but once he's like literally in the gutter wailing, then I'm like respect. I, I like don't know. someone saved my someone saved yes. my life tonight is a song like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. One of my top 10 all-time songs, I think. But God, it's so good. And yeah. I would actually say that another grieving Elton John song for me is Sorry Seems to Be the Hardest Word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like real fucking sad. Anyway, but yes, this one is a little bit like, I, I say this not as a, this is not a judgment call, but it's just true. This one is awfully adjacent to Gilbert O'Sullivan. Yes, it is. And uh, Alone Again Naturally. So if that... That may be for some people enough to be like never again. And some people might be saying, who is Gilbert O'Sullivan? It doesn't matter. Anyway, the patrons did not put it through, but we both did. So that's a four for Daniel. Okay. Next up, we have Elvira. I pulled a clip if we'd like to hear it. Before we do, I just want to say I had the good fortune of seeing just a few short months ago the Oak Ridge Boys perform at the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, and they've still got it. And when they sang this song, the entire stadium, well, it's not a stadium, but the entire Opry was bugging because we know a classic hit when we hear one. That's all I will say. Yeah, Um, this is going to be a fascinating study in criteria. Um when it comes to whether or not this gets through. But first, let's hear a short clip. Elvira. Elvira. My heart's on fire for Elvira. Eyes that look like heaven. Lips like terror. The rest of the song actually is functionally immaterial to all of this. Um, 
I will sing that shit to anything that scans or even looks like Elvira. Because, like, how many Elviras are there? Two? Just the Mistress of the Dark, as far as I yeah, know. Yeah, the Mistress of the Dark and whoever they were singing this to. Um, but, like, if I see the town name Elmira, New York. Elmira! <laughs> like, I, I can't not do it. And the fact that that is my criteria is, like, can this be hacked with other names and objects and like pets and places. Yes. Okay. Um, that, that raises it in my ranking and forgetting the iconic name and quality into the first three syllables of the song. I must bow deeply to that efficiency. Not that that's necessarily a great a criterion, but it's like, that is a very compact, presentation uh that is a very compact pitch for it um it was close but i did pass this one through that okay my mouth is hanging open because of the song we haven't talked about yet and by process of elimination i know you didn't pass that one through Mm -mm. but we'll get there um i love this song but i did not pass it through honestly just because the songs i did pass through felt even more perfectly connected to the name because I was not using the, can I put other names into this song? Uh-huh. I was just thinking, are there any Elvira's in the world other than the mistress of the dark? No. Do I love this song? Yes. But the name is too rare for me to think of it as an iconic statement about the name, yeah. which is I d- I mean, convoluted. I don't think that's, I don't think that like viewpoint, I don't think that axis is incorrect. It's just not the one I'm using. Well, we're going to come, we're going to hit this again when we get to the song Rhiannon, I will just say, Mm -hmm. uh, spoiler. But, uh, so for me, it is a great, if I ever did meet an Elvira, God help me, of course I would sing this song to them. But uh, I just feel like the, the name is too obscure, therefore I did not pass it through. Neither did the patrons, so once again, we have a two. I wasn't, I wasn't totally sure much like Daniel, like, I don't know what goes through people's minds. So I thought I would play a clip um, from Gloria by Laura Branigan, uh, just in case. And also because you and I recently were talking about how Laura Branigan's vocals are always, um, they're utterly authentic, even though frequently there is a shower of sparks coming off them. Like, this <laughs> yes. is someone who is working (laughs) like this is not easy for her and she does not make it look or sound easy but she is committed she is going to get from one end of this bar to the other god help her and all of us um and so i pulled a clip from gloria that i felt epitomized her dedication to craft is not the right word but here's some gloria
got this girl. Not a girl. Oh. But I didn't vote for it. Look, I adore this song. I love Laura Branigan. I love her coked up, fierce, like, okay. She like literally hurls herself bodily at that note and hits it. Like, okay. Yep. Doesn't always happen, even in this song, but she got it there. Um, I love this song, but if I meet a Gloria, I'm singing Van Morrison. Maybe this is just an age thing or a, like you said, like this is not the, this isn't the version I necessarily grew up with. I'm not sure how other people are going to weigh it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it goes through according to everyone else. I had it at number eight. Love the song. Just, I didn't think it met the brief. This is fascinating, Sarah, because it was far and away my number one of this entire group of songs. Yeah. Okay. And it was far and away number one for the patrons. Uh, huh. It got, All right. Let's see. <laughs> it got Ill. 43 votes. And the the wow. next the next highest voted song was Cecilia with 37 votes. Really? Yes. Huh. So and so here's the this reason is that for amazing. me. I mean, I'm not this is like just a value neutral amazement. I am yeah. like this is um usually we have some idea of what's gonna happen. I have less idea of what's gonna happen in this season than when I than when we started this episode. Never mind when I was like, what if we did this like two months ago? Yeah. This is like I feel like I literally might need a seatbelt for my for my desk chair. <laughs> and I love uh, it. I love that shit. I know, I agree too. Like who who knows? I don't mm-hmm. know. But here's here was my rationale. Gloria is just a song that I have known all my life. I it's up there in my peak skating memories from uh-huh. birthday parties as a kid. But sure. also it's got a key moment in American crime story the assassination of gianni versace oh yes it sure does where um darren chris as andrew kunanen is driving down the road and singing it and in Mm -hmm. the second season currently airing of the excellent hbo series somebody somewhere gloria by laura brannigan is a part of two episodes it's actually a major part of the season finale so to me, it's not only a song that I associate with the name Gloria, but it's a song that has hung on so prominently in the culture that I think multiple generations of people can associate it with the name Gloria. There was also, I I, I can't remember the exact details. Perhaps the listeners remember this, or maybe you do. There was some hockey team that was associated with the song Gloria for a long time. Okay. <laughs> That's I, I mean, not... That's not ringing any bells, but hold on. I'm just going to have to like look this up. Hockey team. I I mean, I think also Gloria, here's part of why I don't think it's as iconic because of the name. Um, I think that opener is iconic. I think the Casio is iconic. I think Laura Branigan's um, working actress um, approach (laughs) to her vocals (laughs) is is iconic in its way but i also feel like this is um one of those uh one of those pride month dance floor anthems that has a sort of 
I don't know. D- uh, Judy at Carnegie Hall, Phoenix-esque resonance um, for the queer community that lets it lets it sustain. And that's not to do with the name. It's to do with the content. And well, okay. Very so, sort of soapy story that's in it, which is also wonderful. But um, like, I just don't think that's, I don't think it's about the name. I think it's about the the story of the story. It's just my opinion. So that's, that sort of ties into the, the St. Louis Blues is apparently a hockey team. And oh, they right. had a, okay. a worst to first season. And in their meteoric rise, Gloria became their theme song. So not a queer okay. community song, but still a Phoenix from the Ashes song. Sure. So I take your point. But to me, because the song is so well known by so many people in so many contexts and because it's it asks specific questions of gloria like you if you know a gloria you're like girl why isn't anybody calling because your phone's dead girl charge it up (laughs) so i to me this is absolutely tied to gloria but i also take your point like there are things about it that make it iconic well beyond the name gloria yeah (laughs) like you just said the working actress quality of her vocals are part of it so listeners if you don't know i have a substack newsletter called the lost songs project where i write about top 10 songs that have fewer than 10 million streams and and think about why they've disappeared but why they were once amazing and i wrote about gloria uh, laura brannigan's solitaire which is Mm -hmm. also just so good and her working actress vocals are definitely part of the story of that yes absolutely i just feel like she's She's like a rallying point um, emotionally for people with this song, but also she's very like this. This song is pretty dated. Like if you sort of subtract all the all the rest of it, the song reads very 80s and not necessarily in that like cool futuristic way. Like, I don't know why, but also I love it for that. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on with this song, I think culturally, that is separate from like, she could have, you know, Nadia could could have been the name. Like, I just don't associate it with that. So. But then interestingly, but if you were to say Nadia, I mean, would you, would you sing Nadia at someone to this tune? Um, in that event, no, I would sing Nadia's theme, which was also the theme for The Young and the Restless, and I think still is. Yes, of course. But I'm, And also you know, the sample for Mary J. Blige's No More Drama. Fuck yeah. All right, okay, well, so enough stalling. Who's moving on? This puts us in an interesting position. We have four songs that got four or more votes and six songs that got two points. So okay. the, the songs that are definitely moving on are Cecilia... Come on, Eileen, mm-hmm. Daniel, and Gloria. Okay. Um, so, so did you rank these by number also? No, I did not. Okay. Other than um, knowing that my number one would be Gloria. So, okay. but the patrons gave two points to eight six seven five three zero nine and to Brandy, you're a fine girl. Okay. So I feel like we maybe should err on the side of the patrons' choices here. Let me look at my rankings for those. Um, I agree that we should err on the side of the patrons' choices because that um, increases the 
increases the chaos, certainly. But let me see which of those I ranked higher. Uh, uh, well, I ranked Brandy higher, but that song slides off your brain. And I feel like we've talked about Looking Glass enough. Let Looking Glass talk some about Looking Glass. Um, I think Tommy Tut One should move on. I completely agree with you because we have, there is a second Looking Glass song in this season that we yeah. put into a single. So enough Looking Glass. Yeah, um, agree. Tommy Tut One, <laughs> we're ready for you, dude. Dudes, you're a band. Sorry. All right, so remind me, the names moving on are Jenny, Cecilia, Cecilia, Eileen, Eileen. Daniel, and Gloria. Well, okay. This season has already blown my mind. Um, <laughs> I, we need to wrap this up because I feel blood trickling out of my ear actually right now. My mind is that blown. But um, yeah, next week, we're taking on another 10 songs and seeing who moves on to our top 20. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, find us at patreon.com slash for all the backstory slash arguments about that. That also means that you get to join us on the Discord and tell us slash each other that we're all crazy. And you should do that because it's fun. Her code, love struck, was my mode. Took a look, dropped my textbook, Jennifer. Oh, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Sarah D. Bunting and Mark Blankenship. That's me, and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. This podcast is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. And if you want to talk about songs, suggest a season theme, get a pop chart reading or customized playlist, or have a cocktail with us and your fellow listeners, then come on by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash where you'll find polls, happy hours, and tons of extra episodes and content. We're also at Talk Songs on Twitter, at Mastass Everywhere on Instagram, and Mastass.podcast on Facebook. Or just email us, talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. All that contact info will be in our show notes. Scroll down. Hope we'll be talking about songs with you soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.